The following podcast is improvised satire and all characters are fictional. Hello, I'm Dean Ardenfeld. This is the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the corporation. Hello, dear listeners. I hope everything's hunky-dory where you are. It is finally spring in the Northern Hemisphere. How great is that? And of course, you know what spring means. The annual NRA meeting and exhibit. It happened last week in Indianapolis. Maybe you saw the pictures. Boy, was that neat, huh? Seeing all the little kiddos pointing live weaponry at the news cameras. All the young men with big semi-automatic weapons with pictures of Trump engraved on them. And of course, the elderly men in cowboy hats strapped in like they're ready to draw down on absolutely anybody. It's just an absolutely super cool event and coming at the exact right time in our culture. Hopefully you caught some of the NRA fever yourself. Anyway, I have a great episode for you today. First, I spoke to a man who's helping folks prepare for any number of -of end-of-the-world scenarios, all while carrying on a petty feud with his neighbor over the death of print media. Then I talked to a lady who's rating the attractiveness of singles for a living. She talked me in circles, and I was utterly charmed by her. I spoke to them both over Zoom. I think you're going to like it. Before we get to the episode, though, I know I pester you about it every week, but if you haven't dropped a five-star review of the corporation on Apple or Spotify, what are you waiting for? I really would appreciate it. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? I hope you enjoy this brand new episode of The Corporation. My first guest is the head publisher of the Sentinel Quarterly Discharge, a magazine dedicated to helping average Americans ready themselves for any number of possible apocalypses. The Sentinel offers articles and tips on everything from bug out bags to canning vegetables, knife sharpening to knot tying. In his spare time, he bakes tea cakes. Please welcome Les Danscourt. Hello, Les. Hello, Dean. How are you? I hope you're ready, ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to go. Uh, I hope you are. What a fun job you have. You run this magazine to help people who want to be ready in the case of like a world ending disaster, huh? Ah, absolutely. It's it's quite fun to help people prepare for what would undoubtedly be the worst day of their lives. But with tips from me and my staff, we can turn it into possibly one of the top three or four days they'll ever have. I suppose that's an optimist's way of looking at it. If the entire, uh, you know, infrastructure crumbles in a single day and there's no law and order at all uh, and you've got the right things to survive i guess that could be considered a good day for you yeah i'll i'll put it to you like this dean imagine if you went to the uh local gas station with your co-worker and you both decided that uh uh, i'm gonna get a snack or two here but you were like hey should we get one of these lotto scratches and he was like i'm not gonna do that and then you get the lotto scratcher you scratch it off you win five dollars and you just rub it in his face right then and there. You say, oh, you're not getting any of this. We could have split it, but you're not getting it. Now imagine that's you, but the nukes going off in the background and okay. the people, uh, the dogs on fire running through and dogs the wailing and the rending of garments. That's that's your $5 <laughs> ticket. 
but you've got the you've got it right there and you're saying <laughs> none for you jerry <laughs> wow wow interesting that you would take such a such a small analogy and blow it out into such a large thing but i understand the analogy i think yeah so imagine jerry's knocking on my door of my bunker he's saying let me in let me in and you said jerry <laughs> you told me i i distinctly recall the date it was june 17th 2018, you said, print media is dead. And I said, well, <laughs> maybe someday this will come back to haunt you. Okay, so I'm, I think I'm catching on now. It seems as though possibly there might be a real person named Jerry in your life um, that you're attempting to prove something to. Is this uh, is this an accurate assessment? When, when Jerry gets his paper in the morning and I said, like, what, Jerry... Why do you still get the paper? You said print media was dead. I, I do like to sort of peer at him through the window and just wonder, what will he be doing when they start falling? When the, the, the bombs are the... Sure, a lot of people are still hung up on the bombs, and that's why they have the bomb shelters. But as you know, we've been through quite a prep-worthy event in the past three years here uh, on, on, on the planet Earth. So we do tend to touch on all those things, whether they be uh, pandemics, whether they be hordes of rabid bats flying through the air, whether they be computer viruses that take down the grid. All of those mm. things fall under the purview of our quarterly magazine. Wow, that's uh, amazing that you cover such a wide swath. And so have you seen like a spike in interest in uh, prepping or in your magazine since the pandemic when people suddenly realized, oh, oh my gosh, there could be an actual threat to you know human civilization here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in many ways, the pandemic is said to have broken people's brains and starting to resubscribe to a quarterly print magazine is just one example of, of that thing. It's been off the charts, I swear to God. But uh, yes, you know, the, the pandemic, it had its it had its waves of what people would do. Uh, these these people who had not prepped at all, these, these anti-preppers, the people who laughed as we were building our bunkers and hoarding our, our supplies. And the first thing they did was they went to Costco and they hoarded toilet paper. And then they right. started baking banana bread, these basic <laughs> prepping bitches. And if yeah. they had at Har Magazine, they wouldn't have had to rely on their TikTok because we have an entirely unconventional system of things in our magazine that would have had you prepped in ways you could not have imagined. Sure, sure. I know there are some people who, uh, you know, who subscribe to your magazine, you know, hardcore fans and such that uh, that did go into their bunkers when the pandemic hit and have yet to come out. Um, I'm wondering if, if there's a communication problem or people are just, uh, I don't think there's any communication problem. I mean, one of the tips we give you is sort of your, your, your yearly comfort zone. So mm. you put a thing up on your wall and you say like, I've got my five years of supplies. And so some people are peakers and some are not peakers. You could be a oh. peaker prepper or a not peaker prepper, a peaker prepper. They'll be like sort of, you know, uh, doing one of these like up out of their up out of their hidey hole every okay, so often right. during a, uh, a, a incident of prep worthiness. And a non-speaker will say, I've got five years of supplies. I've got five years of dehydrated macaroni and cheese. And yeah. I have five years of my alkaline water filter. So why risk it? Yeah, there could be sure. hordes out there. Zombie hordes, random hordes that will take whatever you want. There could be hordes of cats that have gone feral. Why risk it? I'll start peeking once the five years is up. I wasn't sure when you were talking about it, whether you meant P-E-E-K or P-E-A-K, but I think I've figured it out now. You mean like when they peek their head up out of the bunker to see if everything's okay, and some people are non-peekers in that way. Y yes, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if your five-year supply of dehydrated macaroni and cheese starts to grow some sort of uh, you know, hallucinogenic fungus on it, there could be at some point in time during that where you may be totally peeking, man, but that is not what I was referring to. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. If that's what you're into, 
We do have a column uh, written by one of my old college buddies in the magazine, though. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that column, and it really, it sort of has to do with, like, uh, a lot of people think that prepping magazine, a prepping magazine would just be about the things that might threaten humanity um, mm. and cause you to need to go into the bunker, as it were. But then sure. there are all these other things to be afraid of once you are in the bunker, right? Running out of food or, you know, uh, air filtration systems or gas leaks or, uh, you know, the food going bad, all of that stuff. Um, so it's like you're afraid for the thing to happen, but you're also afraid for the solution, right? Absolutely. I mean, and there's things you wouldn't think of. For example, common niceties. We do have a uh, hints from Heloise-esque advice column in the magazine yeah, where really? people could say, oh, yeah, so maybe, you know, I, I received a wedding to my uh, invitation to my coworker's wedding during an apocalyptic type event. Like, wh what, is the, uh, what is the time I have to send a gift? You know, it's not the traditional wow. one year since event type of thing. So right. we do have something that advises people on those two because you can't be too careful. You don't want to emerge from your five-year window in the bunker and have people be like, well, 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 it's Mr. Doesn't RSVP. I see, I see. So your your contention is that uh, rules of etiquette don't go away. They just may get stretched out or otherwise changed in the event of an apocalypse. Yes, and for example, things such as if my neighbor is banging on my door and demanding water for his children when he thumbed his nose at my print magazine, then you could, people, a lot of people who have never prepped or considered prepping would say, give the man water. He has right. hungry children. He has thirsty children. Uh, if you read our magazine, you will know that is not something we advise. There's any number of things he could demand or bite or infect you with once you open that door. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all know that once you open the door, uh, all bets are off. And and I, I'm, I am getting a sense that there also may be sort of a, a, an org chart of your, your friends and family um, and that Jerry just uh, because of what he did to you in the before times uh, is not going to be welcome uh, to any of your resources. Is that accurate? If you don't have a hierarchy chart, are you really taking this seriously? Sure. If yeah. you haven't ranked your family members, yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. We know yeah. so many, so many examples throughout uh, popular media where you're forced to make a, a choice, if you will, mm. and you do not want to go into that situation for the first time during the apocalypse. Right, that is right. something I you need to practice. You need to gather your family. You need to do weekly choices. A weekly you say, right. all right, listen, I'm picking one of you. The other one may not live to see tomorrow. You could also say, I'm picking one of you to go to McDonald's. You know, you could just practice making the choice is what's important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who among us hasn't done that uh, that who, who would I eat, you know, if we were freezing on a mountaintop exercise yes. with their friends and family. So this I is mean, just an you know, for that. Yeah. It, it's, you'll get a bigger laugh out of that choice than you will Sophie's. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I see. Interesting. Interesting. Now people obviously like to call your magazine opportunistic. You're literally profiting off of people's paranoia. Uh, you know, what do you see it that way? What's your response to that? I mean, you know, I didn't get into this magazine, you know, only to help people. I saw mm. a window where there was a, clearly a chance to profit in the exciting world of post-COVID print media, is all I'm saying. But uh, opportunistic is, is an interesting way to put it because the people who are be causing these disasters, many would consider them to be op opportunistic, whether it be the, the architects of war or the uh, designers of, of exciting new viruses and labs that may or may not be leaking elsewhere. So I just think yeah. that in a world of opportunistic people, is this the worst thing to be opportunistic about, really? Because when it comes down to it, you're helping people in the same way that sure. selling a reverse mortgage is helping people. Okay. Or, yeah, so, I, you know, if, if people selling reverse mortgages are opportunistic, guilty. Guilty is charged. Right, right. 
it's interesting that you throw the blame uh, up the chain of command to the re- the real architects of these uh, world-ending events, and that uh, you know, I mean, that doesn't. I don't know that that absolves you from responsibility for creating a whole cottage industry out of their death and destruction. <laughs> so, so uh, this is going to be you. the The bombs are going to be falling. The on fire dogs are going to be running down the street, and you're going to be like, "Oh, that guy who published a quarterly magazine. Oh, uh, I'm shaking my fist at him. Uh, yeah, yeah. The dog just bit me, and the dog's on fire. But I'm really angry at that guy. All right, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll be in touch. I'll, I'll peek out of my bunker and see if that's what you're really doing when it all goes down. Okay. Dean. Oh, okay. Listen, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to start an argument. I certainly wasn't. And it does seem to me that there, uh, you know, one of the drivers that's inside of you seems to me to be. I mean, I won't call it spite, but it does seem like you are going to be able to sort of pat yourself on the back when everybody who wouldn't read your magazine uh, before this giant event is, as you say, running through the streets with the dogs on fire, and you are safe in your bunker, right? I can imagine no better three words to accompany your obituary than he was right. So, I mean, what do you want me to say when that paper gets thrown into Jerry's driveway and that's the headline 48 point moon landing font. So, he was right. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure of who the he is in that situation and who's me. Who's I was right. I was right okay. about it all. So are you dead in this situation? Well, I'm saying if that's the way I lived my life, so that that would be the way they celebrated my death. I've done something right. In that scenario, you you also Jerry has also outlived you, so I don't know how how much pride you can take in being right at that point. I didn't let you know before. He has a son, Jerry Jr. So that was the <laughs> right, Jerry right. I was referring to. Also, okay, oh that kid, oh that kid with his bionicles <laughs> and his octonauts. Oh, he's, he's on your bad side uh, too. So do uh, what I I I got to ask just as an expert, what's your prediction? Uh, if you had to pick between you know biological, natural disaster, man made, wh- what do you think is going to be the thing? <laughs> Well, I'd say that the uh, in the first next five years or so, there's going to be some point in time when you start to be like, I've heard about a lot of men's testicles falling off, and maybe that's because they keep their phone in there all the time. People are not going to react very well to that. So you'll find me below ground with my lead pocket shield. That, that's where I see it happening. That's not, that's not what I expected. That's interesting. Uh, it's good to know. Good to know. Um, so you put I gotta, me on the spot. You're going to get an interesting answer, Dean. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, uh, you, you make tea cakes. You mentioned that you had tea cakes in the oven. Uh, what an interesting hobby for someone who, uh, spends their whole life thinking about the end of the world. You're making what savory ones, sweet ones. Yeah. I actually saw a good TikTok about that during the pandemic. That's where I picked it up and they've become quite popular mm. at the local farmers markets. I do send my wife there. I do have a reputation in the community with all the digging and the hoarding. So uh, it takes a little bit of the, uh, she's the public face of the operation. It's a modest thing, but you know, every dollar is going to help when it's going towards hoarded water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think the, the the public, the community response would be if you were to show up at that farmer's market instead of your wife? I mean, people do not have a uh, very positive reception to a uh, massive undertaking I did in my backyard. It was called Against the HOA Terms and in violation of Local Ordinance 49B. Uh, it did. That uh, was the name <laughs> of it? You named it that? I did. Yes, that's what they... <laughs> in violation of the HOA? It's been a hard time. It did. Drugging this bunker did uh, tap into the local local water supply. Uh, it, it did drain a couple of local people's wells. So it, it, people do not look fondly upon this. I, I tried to explain to them what it was doing and it was something they should follow my lead on. However, 
Uh, you understand what happens when people's water starts getting taken away from them. Lots of ugliness. Yeah, interesting that you're attempting to get people to get on board with you, but at the same time, you're siphoning off their resources. Uh, probably make it harder for, th for them to do that, right? I mean, welcome to week two of the incident. You know, if you don't, <laughs> if resource siphoning isn't happening by then, is it really an incident? I don't think so. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, this is uh, really fascinating. I want to bring in my second guest here, but but I hope you'll stick around and continue to chat with us, huh? Absolutely. The, the cake's not due out of the oven for uh, 25 more minutes. It's going to be quite delicious, very moist. Excellent. Excellent. Well, folks, uh, my second guest today can help you find a mate that's no better than you deserve. We're going to find out what that means, but first let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners of the corporation. This is Les Danscourt, publisher of Sentinel Quarterly Discharge, a magazine for preppers and all prepper-adjacent people. Have you ever been wondering how to best hoard water in your neighbor's pool once they suffer the effects of the latest pandemic? Tune into my magazine every quarterly, delivered right to your mailbox. They say print's dead, <laughs> but not as dead as you're going to be if you don't read this when the bombs start falling. There's all sorts of things in our magazine. Uh, the best pets to keep in a bunker. You might think a parakeet would be a good one. However, they didn't even make our top 10. You'll also be able to find uh, our latest cot reviews. You need to sleep on something, why not make it a cot? Uh, it's all here in Sentinel Quarterly Discharge. Beats the hell out of McSweeney's, folks. Why are you reading that thing still? You have no need for wry satire once the bombs have started falling or the vampire bats are latching onto your neighbor's neck. You know who doesn't subscribe to the magazine? The people whose bodies are gonna be holding back the waters when the dikes break. We have celebrity interviews in the magazine. Former American Idol contestant William Hung, or noted swimsuit beauty and X-Men actress Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Is that still her last name? Who knows? Will John Stamos survive the apocalypse? Who's to say? But I would bet, I would bet that when the bombs start falling, he'll turn to the camera, he'll raise his eyebrows, he'll lower his shades, and he'll say, have mercy. And Jerry, if you're listening, keep your son out of my pool. The hair from his knees is clogging up the filters. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Les Danscourt, head publisher of the Sentinel Quarterly Discharge, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She is the head of marketing at Above Six, the dating app that lets you see average singles in your area for free and attractive singles in your area for just $9.99 a month. The app uses artificial intelligence to rate users' attractiveness on a scale of 1 to 10, which the company uses to monetize its platform. On weekends, she makes wishes, throwing change into public fountains. Please welcome Cindy Wildprod. Hello, Cindy. Dean, hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, wow, you put me at ease right away just with your, your whole vibe here. Uh, I'm real, so glad. Real chill vibe here. Um, mm. Your app has got is really some of the most beautiful people in the world on it, huh? Oh my gosh. I mean, if you think about it, isn't everyone just totally beautiful in their own way? Because yeah. it's in the eye of the um, person that's holding it, the phone to look at the faces. And so when you think about that, it's the beauty 
that you're holding in your hands. And that's really huh. what it means. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting to hear yeah. you say that since you, since, you know, the, the, the app famously is using artificial intelligence to rate people's attractiveness on a scale of one to 10. Um, and then, so Dean, uh, I'm yeah. just, just before you get like snarky with me about that, I just oh, want no. you to understand artificial intelligence. Do you know where it comes from? It comes from our own intelligence. We oh, sure. made it. Yeah, of course. It's in yeah. our beautiful hands. Yes, we are fully responsible for anything that artificial intelligence does, says. Oh my gosh, totally. You got it, Dean. You're uh, on it. Above average. Mm. Uh, I, certainly not. Um, but what an interesting uh, business model. You have this app where it's free to look at basically the the one through fives and then the yeah. six through tens you've got to pay for. So Yeah, like I think that people want someone that's on their level. I think that's right. the important thing. I mean, like yeah. you might have heard the phrase like she's punching above her weight or whatever that is. I think that's horrible, right? Like let's Okay. So for example, right. Mm -hmm. I was walking my dog and we're going to get a coffee. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I have to say a latte. I don't drink coffee. I just, okay. okay. I was trying to make it normal so that other people could relate. I'm I'm gripped by this story. It's a gripping story already. (laughs) Great. I'm so glad. I was just trying to make it so that everyone can relate. I was walking my dog. Mm. I don't know. I don't have a dog. Listen, I have, (laughs) I have a cat that I walk. All right. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Above average cat. Okay. okay. I walk my cat. I'm going to get my latte. Mm. It is a busy, busy street. You see the people and you're like, ugly, ugly, fine, great, hot, whatever. Right. You don't even yeah. need an app. Right. You right, don't need right. the app. But if you walk up to someone and you do not have the confidence to be like, you and me are on the level. Let's do it. Right. Like, mm. what do you need in your body? What do you need in your soul to go up to someone who is at least two notches above you? You need to pay for that shit, right? And do you know a special thing that you can activate in our app is a little confidence boost. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. For an additional $22.99 a month, you can get a little thing. Mm -hmm. It will take your face and just do a notch or two up. And then when you look at your face and you look at a person who's like a seven, you're like, I'm on the level. And it gives you the confidence to ask. And then it's like a total yes. And you're like, I've got a cat on the leash. I've got a latte. You've got a dog. I don't like dogs. It's fine. But like you have a coffee. It's fine. But like, look at our faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. So isn't there something maybe disingenuous in the idea that you're also charging for people to enhance their attractiveness? It is not about artificialness. Everything that we create is our own creation. Yeah, sure. But it's not free, yeah. Dean. This is expensive no. um, software. Well, I know, you know, I, uh, it's interesting you talk about the add-ons because I know you also have a few other add-ons where if two people uh, who are fours uh, match and get together, then they can pay for um, uh, recommendations for places to go that are like lowly lit. And if two people mm. who are tens match, then they can they can get that extra uh, suggestion about which fancy restaurants to go to, right? Yeah, it also will sort of pair you with other people who are sort of like likeness, oh, because yeah? it makes you feel really self conscious if you're like around a bunch of hot people, right? So like you sure. are feeling yourself, you're gonna go get some coffee. I don't know why Ugh, coffee. Yeah. Anyway, if you have this app, you can go anywhere, be with people who look on your level right. with the person who's on your level and just feel like oh, I am so perfectly average or a six or maybe even a 10. Right. Uh-huh. Right. right. 
Right. It's just your whole world can be made around you. So it's it's a little hard for me to follow your logic because it's a little circular here, but I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying is that if two fours get together and they go to a fancy restaurant where there's a lot of tens hanging around, they're not going to feel very good about themselves. So you want to send them to a place where there's threes and that way they feel good about themselves. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely right. I mean, how do you feel like when you're around people who are not on your level? That's most times for me. Oh, Dean, you know, you can unlock the app that makes you go up a couple notches. It's in your hand. You have the power. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. So what do you say when people say like, oh, this whole, uh, this app is like basically discriminating against people um, based on their appearance? I can't, I just, I can't even believe how offensive that is. I mean, oh my God, like there should not be ranking that is external. This is all things that we put upon ourselves, right? Mm. So no one else is making this happen. We are all, and you are right that it is circular because this is what the whole world is. And we are just making everyone more comfortable in their circular little worlds with their circular little people who look just like them and smell like them. Do you have a way to make ensure that people who smell like each other get together? <sighs> we're working on, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have even said, we're working on a new development. Really? This one's incredible. You actually, you, you take, okay. So you know how you like the nose, like you're doing a, like a swab up the nose kind of thing. Is that what you're It's not up the nose though. No. Okay. There's special parts on your body. They pick up on your actual levels, right? So like when you push up your glasses, right? Is it like one of like up the nose? Is it like a little dinky do? Is it like a wonka wonk? Right? Like there are places on your body that will actually dictate how that happens in people. And it's, this swab will uh, collect that data. Okay, gotcha. It's really, I gotta be honest, like I it's a ride every time you start to answer a question because it goes all over the place. It reminds me a little bit of like the map on the back of the diner menu where it just goes absolutely everywhere. And then finally you land on it. And I'm like, oh, that's what you're saying. When people adjust their, uh, they have body language, they adjust their glasses, they or they give off pheromones, other people recognize that. And I think to myself uh, in uh, what is not an unjudgmental way, why didn't she just start with that? But you know, it's, it's a, always a wild ride just to hear you go through it conversationally. Oh, you should be in our R&D meetings. <laughs> Are, oh, did they get frustrated with you at the R&D meetings? I don't think so. You don't think so? You don't have an awareness no. of that then. Um, well, you just you just mentioned my first uh, my first guest, Les. You were thinking about COVID tests? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Because like I was like all up the nose, but this is not where these swabs go. But Les, you might have some swabs. So like we can talk about like order preparation and things if you wanted to maybe partner up. I, I'm very interested in a partnership. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, in, a, in a world post event, there can be no better way to organize than into tribes. And what better way to organize into tribes than by rating people's attractiveness, you know? I totally agree. Because sometimes you want to help someone because they're really hot. And you mm. see some maybe like someone who might fall and they're like not that attractive. And you yeah. like, you think twice, you know? About helping them. Yeah. Don't you? I absolutely think that upon emerging from your uh, prep facility, the first thing you'd want to do would be seek out the hotties and possibly feast on the uggos were they to be uh, weak due to some sort of debilitating condition or blindness or something like that. So I, I agree that this would be very useful. I am concerned about the fact that it is a phone app, as I do fear about the, you know, the whole uh, nuts thing. However, I'm sure there are ways to work around that. 
I think so. I mean, you mentioned the iron pocket or something. Yes, yes, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll be containing those there. And I do assume that uh, losing a major part of your genitals would factor into your attractiveness rankings. I mean, if you fell <laughs> and I saw that you were missing some genitals, I don't mm. know that I'd help you up. The two of you both have this sort of like tendency to look and see, does this person deserve my help, right? Mm. Whether it's help getting up off the street when they fall on their way to get a latte with their dog or whether it's uh, help in an apocalyptic event when they're looking for food for their children, right? Yeah. So Dean, I just want to dive in a little bit to like the reason why <laughs> I you think we're too late in the that. episode to dive into anything, honestly, but I would love it if you'd summarize <laughs> the reason why you would or would not want to help someone up based yeah. on their attractiveness is yeah. like, cause you know, you know oh, that moment when, Pheromones when you a little, but like, you know, that moment when like, you like extend your hand and they look up and you lock eyes. Like sure. you, now you have a conversation with them. Yeah, right? oh, is this a meat cute all oh, of a sudden? It's like uh, a meat, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. do wonder, I worry. I worry that your app might introduce some sort of inflation system if there was a, a, a global population reduction event. I do feel that you might have some threes that all of a sudden would be starting to think of themselves as potential sevens. And I'm wondering if her app is able to take that into account uh, going forward. I think it would, because do you know what creates the intelligence that creates the ratings? This guy seems to think it's us. It's us. Oh, okay. So as the threes become fours, the fours become five, and you know, it's all relative. We'll be sitting around the campfire saying, ah, in my day, a 10 looked like this, and didn't look mm. like you, Jerry Jr., with your uh, hairy knees and your, your mullet. Uh, but I, I do think that that's a, a tale of yore to be told someday. I think so. I mean, have you seen some of those old, like, sepia photos? Those uh, people are ugh, man. Look at any first lady before Jackie O. It was just uh, like, what no. are we? Oh, yeah. So, Les, Les, I know, like, you do also sometimes write in the magazine about the 2% of the population that's going to survive the quote-unquote event um, needs to be at a certain level of physical attractiveness to keep the species going, right? Because if we're not all attracted to each other in some way, then who's going to want to bone? Yeah, going. right. So, and and I know you get some flack for that because you're basically advocating for like you know creating some sort of master race. It does uh, sound quote eugenicsy is one one comment. Yeah, yeah, eugenicsy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how, what's your re response to that when people criticize you for that? Well, we embrace it. We know our readership. Eugenicsy okay. is the name of our personal ad column. Let's get eugenicsy, we say. People still pay to advertise in there. In print, Jerry. In print. You want to get a message out to Jerry that the print magazine is absolutely killing it post-pandemic, huh? My window's open and he stopped running his leaf blower for the five minutes he doesn't run it every evening. So I'm pretty sure he can hear me. Uh, oh, you're not even using the podcast to get to him. You're just literally screaming out your window to him. Les, Les, I'm curious. What would you rank Jerry? Jerry? Yeah. He's he's unfortunately a nine. Extremely oh, handsome no. man. Uh that's what makes it even worse is just to look out there every day and it's like, ah, if I was uh -huh. just not in a relationship, uh Wow. Jerry Jr. Wow. on no, no, Harry Knee's gross. Now, Cindy, I never mentioned. Uh, I I never asked you about your hobby, which it just says that you you throw coins into into public fountains and make wishes. What an interesting hobby that is. It's sort of a way to test my theories. Mm. It's a lovely hobby. It's a lot of fun. It's nice to get outside and walk my cat and get a latte. But mm. it's also people hang out at fountains and okay. they tend to group together. Mm. And every now and then I close my eyes and I toss in a little coin and I wish all oh, the f***ing uggos would just go away. And then I go, and they're still there. Uh -huh. So you can see they're already kind of hanging out together. Mm. You know what I'll do? Mm. Sometimes I will roll up my pants 
and I will step onto the edge of the fountain, okay. right? Like, so I'm going to do this like cute flirty thing where I'm like, oh, I'm on the ledge. Oh my goodness. My cat's tied up over there. And sometimes I'll pretend to almost step into the fountain and uh-huh. I'll see who comes a run in because you know, they want to help me up. And I'm like, all right, you're on my level or not. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are convertible pants that advertise in our in our magazine that they, you could zip off at the knees that you might be interested in. I would be. And I love this idea of potentially there being some sort of hot apocalypse where all the uggers are wiped out, leaving us hotties left to remain, us sevens and above on your app. That's the lone kind of prepper event I think we can all get behind. I think it would be amazing. And you know what would be really amazingly extra amazing? Mm-hmm. They would all have to pay for the extra because they couldn't access the average people. Oh, my God. Let's initiate this tomorrow. I think we should. That is the show. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. Les Danscourt was played by Connor Lestoka. Connor is a writer and improviser and one of the brilliant minds behind Riff Tracks. Check out his sci-fi comedy novel, The Pole Vault Championship of the Entire Universe, as well as his podcast. It's called 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back. Cindy Wildprawn was played by Sarah Venuti Yates. Sarah is an improviser based in Chicago. Back when she lived here in Vermont, she was my teammate on The Unmentionables, the main stage improv team at Vermont Comedy Club. You can follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and visit the website at thecorporationpod.com. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends about the show. And if you're in the Burlington area, I hope you'll check out a show at Vermont Comedy Club and say hi. See you next week. Thank you.